Hello, welcome to the Jersey Herd podcast. My name is Karina Pilcher and I'm Senior Strategy and Research Manager at Jersey Finance. In this episode of our mini-series of podcasts titled Your Future in Finance, which focuses on careers and skills, we'll be discussing professional qualifications and how to maintain a work-life balance while studying. For this discussion, we're joined by Sarah Absalom, Senior Fund Administrator at Oakbridge. Hello, Sarah, and thank you very much for joining us today. Before we go into the detail of today's topic, perhaps we could start with you telling us a little bit more about yourself and about your career journey to date. Hi, Carolina. I'm excited to be here. I've worked in funds for over four years now, and it's been a great experience. Uh, Prior to my career in finance, I worked in retail and hospitality, and my qualifications prior to undertaking exams was GCSEs. After some years in the retail hospitality space, I found that I wanted to work somewhere with opportunities for personal growth and career development. So after considering what options there were, I decided I wanted to be a fund administrator. And I managed to get a job as a trainee administrator after interviewing around, even without a university degree, and I've never looked back. And I've had the pleasure of working with some great individuals uh, who taught me everything from the basics of fund administration to some of the higher level, big picture potential issues and nuances in how specific funds run. Uh, I still learn things now with new types of fund structures like crypto funds and keeping up with JFSC regulations and standards. It's a space where you need to keep constantly learning, but I really enjoy it. It keeps me interested and I find it really satisfying. Gosh, that's fantastic, Sarah. So I feel like I'm going to be inviting you back for another uh, discussion. Uh, but today, obviously, we, we would like to focus on professional qualifications and more specifically, how do you sort of balance your studying with your work life and your personal life? So perhaps let's start with you telling us what professional qualification you're taking at the moment and Perhaps, how did you decide that it was the right qualification to complement the work you do? So I am currently undertaking the International Finance and Administration Level 5, which is the diploma level. The professional body is now called the Chartered Governance Institute UK, but used to be called ICSA. That's what most people know it by. When deciding to undertake these, I sought guidance from my manager at the time who listed out um, potential options and which ones were more closely linked to my day-to-day role in Jersey. In Jersey, it's typical for administrators to take either the ICSA or the step routes. However, it's not unheard of for administrators to study either an accounting qualification such as ACCA. But I decided on the ICSA route because after looking through the prospectus, I could see even at an early stage in my career that it would give me a higher level of understanding of why our clients are instructing us to do a task and why we had to do it a certain way to be compliant and good administrators. And that understanding has helped me a lot in my day-to-day work and will continue to help me as I progress further and further throughout my career. That sounds fantastic. I'm sure, you know, qualification, obviously professional qualification, studying for it keeps you quite busy. So how do you try and balance your personal life and work life with your studies? And what have you found is the most helpful way of keeping yourself sane effectively? It's a juggling act, to be sure. Even after three years, I still tweak as and when needed. 
I opt to do classroom study with BPP, which involves going to class one to two times a week after work for about two and a half hours. The classes are engaging, they give a good overview of the syllabus and the tutors are always on hand to answer any questions we may have. There are, however, definitely days when going to class is hard, especially on days when it's been really busy at work. On top of that, it's basically mandatory to do self-study in the week, which requires a good amount of Mm self-discipline. Um, I would not be able to pass my exams if I did not do the additional self-study. I'm not unintelligent, but I'm also not so <laughs> gifted that I can memorise and understand everything as just by going to class. And some exam papers can be so broad with so many different things to remember. So I personally need to put in the time and effort to understand it. So a typical example week for me would be Monday and Tuesday, go to work, then go to class afterwards. Wednesday through to Friday, after work, I'll go home, make some food, maybe watch an episode or something on TV, and then get stuck into some study. Weekends, I spend a good few hours studying, and I try to make plans that won't lock me up for a whole day. A morning or afternoon out is really good for you, mentally, physically, socially. And if I just locked myself away for three months, I would be very miserable. (laughs) Also, like with studying, a day off is sometimes just what you need, particularly if you're staring at your book and nothing's going in. It's difficult. At points like that, I just have to say, I've got to take it for what it is. I'll stop now and I will try again tomorrow. I always just try to weigh it up. So with the exams that I'm doing, we typically do three months of studying and three months off because they do exam sittings twice a year. I put a lot of effort into those three months. I don't go to as many social events as normal. I don't book holidays and try and stay focused. And on days when I have low motivation to study, I just have to remind myself in a few months time, have a big break and this is not the time to be slacking (laughs) off. If I feel I haven't done enough study in a particular week, then I'll put in extra effort next week and maybe say no to a social event that I want to go to. But sometimes even the best intentioned study plans fall through and it's important to not feel guilty about it. Mm. If I start feeling guilty, then I start losing motivation and it can completely mess up my study routine. So at the beginning of my exams, I create a study timetable or study guide with what I want to learn and by when. This helps me coordinate my social events because I've got it planned out already and I can move things around if something else comes up. If it's kind of getting to crunch time and you haven't got many spare hours left to study, i.e. you can't move something around, I would just say do question practice because they usually recycle the questions. Just do whatever you can so you feel like that you've tried your best. Perfect. Well, it sounds like you're very much, uh, you know, managing to juggle all three areas of of your life. And you kind of touched on another question, i.e., you know, what advice would you give anyone that is thinking about studying and or are studying um, any tips? Aside of obviously what you've mentioned, i.e. being organized, motivating yourself, maybe creating some plan and making sure as well that if things are not going your way on a particular day, you're not really in the mood, just step away, come back to it the next day. Is there anything else on top of it that you would like to share with our listeners? 
Absolutely. Definitely find a way to study that works for you. And if you don't know what that is yet, try all the methods that people offer and see how they feel. Most people you work with will have done an exam, so will have their own tips and methods, so don't be shy to ask. Most people are more than happy to speak with you about exams, everything from exam techniques and study methods and tools, or even try googling some different exam techniques and see if any of them resonate with you. Mind maps are a common study technique. I'm not a visual learner, so I tend not to use them, but a lot of people swear by them. Some people have little routines the morning of their exam to try and make them less nervous. Things like have a nice breakfast or no coffee, going for a walk or run, whatever helps you. For my studying techniques, I always try to make sure to watch the lectures of the class in my own time to make sure I have a thorough understanding. All of BPP's lectures have video recordings, so you can watch them as and when you want to, which is helpful if you didn't get something in class. When watching lectures, I take additional notes, highlight key areas and mark sections that are likely to come up in the exam. I also make a lot of flashcards, sometimes so many I can't get through them all. <laughs> But simply the act of writing them down in using different colours or even little doodles, it's mm -hmm. just enough to trigger that fact in my memory. I also make sure to read the entire study text provided by Excel. However, I will not just read it in my head. I tend to read very quickly and not process the underlying depth of the text. So I will shut myself in my room and read out loud whilst recording the audio on my phone. This forces me to slow down and think about what I'm saying verbally. And then I'll listen to the recordings as I go to sleep or even just walk to work. You can go to sections you're struggling on and just listen to yourself reading the ICSA study text. It's kind of weird listening to yourself at first, but you do get used to it. But definitely the final and most important study tool of all, and some people may groan when I say this, is question practice. It can be demotivating at first because you're likely to get a majority wrong or have to look up the answer. But the more you do, the more it sticks in your head. You start to notice a lot of the same questions repeating in exams. So when you come to sit them, you may have already answered these questions multiple times at home in your own time. So I tend to do question practice once I've read through the text, watched all the lessons because I should at least have some base knowledge. It's now just using that knowledge to answer questions in an exam way. Past papers also have model answers on. So you can see exactly how the examiners like the questions answered which is invaluable in the exam. I would definitely say take ownership of your studying and don't be afraid to speak to your training managers about potential opportunities for study. They're not going to push you for exams or help if you seem disinterested. Take the initiative to book your approved exams yourself, research potential qualifications that you are interested in, fill in sign-up forms. If you're driving your study, not only will you be more motivated to complete it, but uh, your training managers will also be more receptive and open. It's perfect. Thank you. I just wanted to touch on another area which, you know, we try to emphasize when we talk to the students or prospective candidates, and it's this importance of soft skills. You know, they're not only essential in your private life, but also in your professional career. And I think sometimes people perhaps forget about the importance mm -hmm. um, of soft skills. 
Do you think that there is a link between professional qualifications and soft skills? Absolutely. One of the key soft skills, I would say, is a positive attitude. So if you go into the exam believing you're going to fail, it's likely to be self-fulfilling. If you go into the exam with the knowledge that you prepared as best as you can and you're going to give it everything you've got, you're much more likely to get a better result. And that is reflected in your work life as well. Mm -hmm. If you go into work thinking, I'm not good enough at this job, I can't do it, you're more likely to make mistakes. So just having that self-confidence and that self-positive attitude is is invaluable. My second top soft skill would be self-motivation. There are days when the last thing I want to do is study and I have to stop myself and think, no one is forcing me to do these exams. I want to do them to better my understanding of the industry in which I work. I want to do them so I can be considered for higher positions of responsibility. I want to do them because I want to prove to myself that I can do this. And once I sit down and start to do them, I always wonder why I made so much of a fuss. Um, because it never ends up being as dreadful as I've dreamed up in my head. It's kind of like going to the gym. <laughs> so that's perfect. Thank you so much uh, for joining us and for sharing you know, your experience of studying for qualification. I must say you've covered it from top to bottom. And I think it will be very helpful to anyone, not only considering uh, taking a professional qualification, but also everyone that is already on that journey. It was great speaking to you today and good luck with all your future exams. It sounds like you're probably towards the end of the journey. So hopefully soon enough, you're going to be able to just focus on your professional and private life. We hope you enjoyed this episode of your Future in Finance mini-series. And if you did, you can find other episodes in this series and many other podcasts on our website. Please also don't forget to follow us on social media to keep up with our news. Thank you for listening. Thank you.